0: Folks, I'd like you to open your Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 11. I'm preaching today from the Old Testament and I'm preaching about pride and I'm using this, the story of the Tower of Babel to illustrate uh, not just what pride can do in our lives, but what God thinks about pride. A Helen, were we able to uh, secure that photo or not? No, okay, that's all right. I had a photo of the Tower of Babel I was going to throw on the screen, but that's okay. Um, So Genesis chapter 11, and we're reading the first nine verses. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in China and settled there. They said to each other, Come, let's make bricks and and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone. And tar for water. Isn't it interesting? I, this is like Genesis eleven, folks. I'm not sure how many generations this is from um from creation. Not too many generations. And yet, they already had discovered how to bake bricks. You know, dig up clay, stick it in a mold, light a fire, bake a brick, uh, join the bricks together with tar. I tell you what, God, God created a a intelligent. We are intelligent people. We can figure stuff out. Anyway, let me continue. I, wasn't even in, uh, they just came to me. So, verse 4 they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, If as one people speaking the same language they have began to do this, then nothing they plan to be to do will be impossible for them come let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other verse 8 so the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth and they stopped building the city that is why it's called Babel because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world from there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth I pray God will add his blessing to that reading. It's a pretty uh, interesting passage, and I really like getting into some of these Old Testament uh, stories and unpacking them and looking for a a 21st century application from a, I was going to say a 1st century story, but this is well before the 1st century. So this is about, this story is probably about five or six centuries old. Uh, millennia. <laughs> okay, happened a long, long time ago, but there are still lessons for us to learn today. So, do I don't need God. I don't need God. I can get to heaven on my own. I'll build a tower based on my own arrogance and pride. So this is what was happening in the heart's of those people and this attitude folks happens in the hearts of people even today we see such attitudes of arrogance and pride uh, leveled towards God I don't need God I can do it my own way I don't really care about all this God stuff so question have you ever violated the first principle of wisdom pride is a sin and it comes from an inability to fear the Lord did you get that pride comes from an inability to be able to fear the Lord that's where pride comes from pride and defiance go together stubbornness and arrogance are also linked in there with pride Somewhere, pride comes from the feeling of not wanting, not wanting to back back down. It's my way or the highway. All right, that's the end of the conversation. <laughs> So pride comes from the feeling of not wanting to back down, a desire of wanting to be right, even when you know you are not right, and then not backing down. That is a prideful attitude. It becomes an attitude problem, and then if pride is allowed to continue, it builds resentment in people, and it puts strain on relationships. Pride is no stranger to some of the biblical greats. If you've got your pencil there, you can write down some of these references. In his pride Moses lost his temper and was kept out of the promised land. Numbers 20, 1-13 Pride kept Joshua from seeking God's will at Ai and he lost the battle. Joshua chapter 7, King Nebuchadnezzar's pride turned him into an animal, Daniel 4. And Peter's pride led him to his denial of Christ, Luke 22, 31 to 34. So pride is no stranger to some of the biblical characters we know. And let me say, I'm looking out at the congregation of this church and I also see biblical characters Every one of us folks is a biblical character. No, our names are not written here in person, but we are written in here in a collective. We are born-again believers. We're spirit-filled believers, and in that sense, we have become biblical characters, and we shared testimonies today about what the Bible has done or the results of what reading the Bible and accepting God has done in the lives of some of our folks. Pride and Christianity do not go together. Pride was the cause of the original sin, the know-it-all attitude. Genesis... uh, Genesis... 9, now we didn't read this, but Genesis 9 verse 1 is clear. I'm going to read it out. Then God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. It's interesting, isn't it? The same water that drowned all of the sinners and the sinful people was the same water that saved Noah and his family. In verse 4, we see an act of disobedience towards God. These people did not want to be scattered all over the earth. They wanted to live in one place. They desired to enhance their unity and their strength, which had been the greatest potential, folks, for the greatest evil. God saw that nothing that they would do would be impossible for them. So God was, God's command was for the people to be scattered. He had to do this for them. And the people of the earth made a tower for themselves. But this was no ordinary tower. Now, I've done some research into Babylonian accounts... And written Babylonian accounts refer to the construction of the Tower of Babel uh, in heaven, its construction in heaven by gods as a celestial city, an expression of pride. And these accounts say it was made by the same process of brick making described in verse 3, which we talked about. And every brick was inscribed with the name of the Babylonian God. M-A-R-D-U-K, Marduk. Every brick had Marduk written on it. The name of their God. This was a slap in the face to the Creator, wasn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now also... This tower was of a ziggurat design. That means it was a step like tower. And this is what I wanted to show in the photo. The base was like this, and then the second story. So that's the kind of design that the tower was called. It was called a ziggurat step like tower, believed to be the first erected in Babylon, and was said to have its its top the top of the tower in the heavens. We read in verse 4. This artificial mountain became the centre of worship in the city, a miniature temple being built at the top of the tower. The Babylonians took great pride in their building and boasted of their city not only impregnable, but also the heavenly city, the Babel, or, yes, the Babel, which literally means the gate of God. The gate of God. They had built a gateway to God. A man-made gateway. I prefer to travel through the gates of Pearl myself. Hey, And there's four of them, one facing each direction of the compass, north, south, east and west. I wonder which one we will go through. Southgate. The South Gate. Mate, good on you, Pete. That is the best answer. We'll be going through the South Gate. <laughs> the Great South Land of the Holy Spirit. Do you hear that on loan, folks? That's where we're broadcasting from. Okie dokey to build the tower was a policy of pride to make a name for themselves, as to read, and defines and specifically to avoid being scattered. So trying to make a name for themselves was their greatest desire. They thought that they were clever and smart and better than God. But God confused their language, and so in their cleverness, they found that God was actually greater. In their cleverness, they found that God was greater. I think this is really interesting because it shows that things that we do as humans, you know, we mustn't get conceited or prideful because we must always remember that God is greater. Are you more clever than God or do you feel that you are more clever than God? Do you think that you know better than God? When you do things your own way, you know you're shutting out God. But I like those answers. You've told me you're not more clever than God. and You've told me that you're not better than God. And look, I don't need to preach anymore because you've given me the right answers and we're only two-thirds of the way through this message. I'm so happy about that. This is good. It makes preaching easy. But we shall continue because there's a twist. There's a twist in this story and we're just about to get there. Pride grips the mind like a vice and it's hard to let go of and it's hard to swallow and it's hard to back down And sometimes we just need to eat humble pie, don't we? Now, let's get to this twist in the story. I like this. Babel, as we've said, means confusion. And God is not. God is not the author of confusion. Now, let's talk about the Galileans. We're going to skip a few millennia and come up to the time of Christ the Galileans when the Galileans preached at Pentecost and now we're talking about the day of Pentecost people from different nations and cultures could hear the message they heard Peter's message in their own tongue the confusion of tongues that began at Babel had been reversed. I like this. I like this twist in what God has done. So remember, at the Tower of Babel, the language was confused. You know, one bloke up on the fifth floor was saying, hello, and the other one was going to say, bonjour. Or, you know, like, <laughs> or, Habariaki. I've said it wrong, haven't I? Habariaki. Did I get Habariako? So that means you are going in Swahili. So in the tower, the language was confused, and they couldn't speak to each other very, well, very well. But at the day of Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit came, and this is what I really like, when the Holy Spirit came down, the language was reversed. Everybody heard. Peter was speaking probably Greek, I suppose, or Hebrew. And everybody, all those people from different nations that were present, heard them in their own language. But not only that, something else happened. And this is the real twist. At the Tower of Babel, mankind was trying to get to God using his own efforts. But at the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and now the Holy Spirit was helping mankind to get to God on God's efforts. Yes, it's a twist. It's a turnaround. And I love this. Who was saved? Who was saved at Pentecost? Let me tell you. I did some research. This is so interesting. A descendant... Oh, okay. Before I get there. Who was Noah's three boys? What were their names? No. (laughs) Ham, Shem, Shem, and Japheth. That's it. Just as well you come to church, sister, and get the gospel good and straight. How'd you like to be called Ham? <laughs> <laughs> ham and up. I like that. All righty. So, who was saved at Pentecost? A descendant of Ham was saved at Pentecost. Uh, an Ethiopian. You'll read about it in chapter Acts, chapter eight. Okay. A descendant of Shem. Paul was saved. You'll read about that in Acts nine. And unlike the uh, Gentile descendants of Japheth, sorry, and, I've read something wrong there, and a Gentile, the Gentile descendants of Japheth were saved, and you'll read about that in Acts 10. So unity was not worked up by man, unity is sent down by God. And you'll read about that, and I encourage you to read Psalm 133 and Ephesians 4, 1-6 when you get home. As we share the gospel, ladies and gentlemen, as we share the gospel with others, we're helping to unite what sin has torn apart. And as we share the gospel, I just love this statement, as we share the gospel... Just get this into your spirit. As we share the gospel with others, we're helping to unite the very thing that sin has torn apart. To us, the tower may also picture fallen man's efforts to reach heaven by his own works instead of receiving salvation, folks, as a free gift. When Jesus returns, once again, we will all speak one pure language and we'll worship on God's holy mountain. So don't let pride get in the way. If left unchecked, it can become an ugly sin. And that sin can destroy lives. It can break up families. It can destroy relationships. Be the first to apologize. Okay? Be the first to back down. Be the first to restore the relationship don't build your own tower of Babel don't worship the God of pride back off and worship Jehovah God and allow his presence to build you and guide you let's pray Heavenly Father we give you all the honour praise and glory today Lord we thank you for this story and we thank you that we see a reversal Lord of what man tried to do to get to heaven on his own efforts, we see that reversal now God, through the Holy Spirit, is leading man to to heaven by God's efforts, by what Jesus did on the cross. We give you honour, praise, glory and thanks in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Thanks for listening to a Wattle City Church podcast. If you download the Anchor podcast app, and type Wattle City Church into the search engine, you can listen to more and great podcasts from Wattle City Church. Thanks.